Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN Weekly for Saturday, November 11th, 2023. And our top story today is the stock market too expensive? Joining me now to help break it all down, Jane King is the financial journalist joining us from the NASDAQ. Jane, always a pleasure to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Great to be here, Jeffrey, as always. And I want to say that uh, my mom watches all the shows and she loves all of our guests and all of her programs, but she is she she loves watching Jane King break it all down because in her words, so thoughtful, so analytical. So mom, Jane, Jane Thanks, mom. mom. There you go. Um, all right, let's talk about the market. And um, this market keeps on rolling. It is, it is um, unstoppable, knock on wood. Is it too expensive, Jane? Well, I, I think that all depends on whether we're headed for a slowdown or not. And if we are headed for a recession, then the answer to that is is probably yes, uh, especially tech stocks. I mean, Microsoft hit a new record high this week. Um, there's a lot of enthusiasm about Microsoft and their AI and their cloud computing, and they're almost as big as Apple now. Uh, they're, I think, what, 10 billion short. So I think, you know, we tur- as soon as we turned the calendar to November 1st, this market completely changed. It was amazing. Like it was just like on that exact day. And I wonder if we're getting our Santa Claus rally kind of early this year. Last year, remember, it came really late. It was like December 23rd. We're like, is Santa Claus rally coming? But I think it might be coming a little early this year. We'll see. Yeah. And, and Jane, I mean, the S&P 500, I'm looking at notes here, up almost 15% for the year. And it's trading at about 18 times the aggregate earnings per share of its component companies. I mean, that is amazing. I mean, it, it just, uh, and I'm not dissing the active managers, but if you were just in the S&P 500 in an ETF or a mutual fund, you'd be doing, I would take 15%. I would take, look, I don't want to be greedy here, but I would take 10%. Yeah. Well, inflation is what, like three or four. So uh, you're still beating inflation when you have that. So um, yeah, I know. I mean, it's been a good year for stocks. Of course, last year was bad. We very rarely have two bad years in a row. So for the markets to be up is not that big of a surprise this year, but we've seen some, especially the NASDAQ has been really strong. I think it's up about 30% this year. Yeah, well, that's good. certainly good for uh, the NASDAQ behind you. Uh, you mentioned big tech stocks, stocks and you talk about artificial intelligence. Jane, do you remember something called Chat GPT? <laughs> I do. Yeah, yeah and, yes. and 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 it has been pushed aside for all these technology companies. You you told us about it in Nvidia, but Microsoft, you just mentioned Amazon, Elon Musk getting into the AI. Is that the new flavor that for the rest of the year? Well, I I think so. I mean, and if you look at earnings reports, like almost everybody is trying to figure out a way they can talk about AI. And um, I was talking to a, um, a manager of a fund that invests in unicorns. So companies pre-IPO, but worth a billion dollars. Um, and she said, everybody's asking them, what, what's your AI strategy? What are you doing? What's AI? So there's a lot of pressure to be in this field. Sometimes could be a top, but you know, the more people I talk to about AI, it seems like a long-term game changer. Maybe we're at a temporary top, but not just the generative AI like ChatGPT, but what it can do for data analysis, for data analysis for pharmaceuticals, for example, or, you know, it's being used everywhere, education, all kinds of things. So it feels like AI is here to stay. We're using it and probably don't even realize it. Yeah, I was just watching. I was on a flight to a to the Spark conference over the weekend. I watched Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. They had a de-aged Harrison Ford. I think he looks pretty good, by the way, for being 80. 
but that's a whole other issue. So they de-aged him. They took, they had AI go through and find clips of him from the other movies and then layered it on his, and it looked pretty real. It's pretty amazing. That is very interesting. Well, I just watched a movie uh, called The Marsh King's Daughter. So um, we happen to know the person who directed it and it's an Australian actor and he starts out young in the movie and then comes back older. But the older one is the where the guy is today. So he didn't say they used AI, but he said they used a lot of technology to make him look younger. So I wonder if it was AI. It's really yeah, interesting. It is amazing. Forget the practical effects. It looks like that, that, that technology is here to stay. Jane, always a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for the breakdown. Mom, say hello to Jane. Bye, Mom. Uh, Jane, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to catching up with you again next week. Bye. Thanks, Jane. Great to see you. Thanks for sharing your perspective. And when we come back, we'll take a look at some of our best segments for the week. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN Weekly. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Welcome back. It was a great week of great guests, of course, great topics. We kicked off the week with a look at traveling after a breakup. Let's take a look. Yes, it is really hard for most people to change gears and and continue. So one of the things that I think is really important is to find someone trusted to be on your team, whether that's, you know, an old friend, a roommate, a therapist, we all need someone to talk to. And it, that really made a difference for me. I really think we have to take care of our mental health. But one of the things that people always say to me is, oh, you know, you lived on a cruise ship, of course, you've been far away. So one of my tips is to start small. You know, people say to me, I want to have a website and they're like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to buy a logo and I'm going to get a designer. I'm like, you know what? Don't do any of that. Just start very small, write one article, post it somewhere. See if you even like writing. And the same thing about traveling. You know, if you take your, if you get in your car and commute and every day you drive the exact same streets, go on a different street. That's your small step. 
drive home on a new street because you might find like, wow, I had no idea three blocks from me is this restaurant that's Vietnamese. I've always wanted to try Vietnamese food. And then maybe you'll decide I'm going to take a cooking class and maybe you'll learn a few words and then maybe you're going to go on a trip. But I, I'm always fascinated. People are like, oh, I've never been anywhere. I'm going to go away for a month to another continent. No. Take your car, take a bus, go on the train one hour from home. Go somewhere nearby for one or two nights and be like, oh, I forgot to pack toothbrush. Like, you know, there's a lot of pieces happening when you're traveling. You need, once I was traveling and my luggage got lost, I didn't have my contacts. And that made me realize my contacts should always be in my backpack, not in my luggage that got lost. So we, we have to practice. We're all getting better. But my tips are start small. Try a new restaurant, go to a cooking class, go somewhere that's an hour from home. There are a lot of challenges, and I would like to admit that I am excellent in general at logistics and booking flights and getting to the airport on time, but I have, in fact, booked my flights the wrong way. So one of my tips is that I always book flights one direction. I don't book round trip anymore. And one of the reasons is because a lot of lift, like a lot of the airline carrying is shifting. And what can happen if the airline changes the flight? I had this happen to me actually when I was going to Italy to visit a friend. They changed my return flight and it was so discombobulated. The only choice was to start over. And fortunately, my outbound and my return flight were separate. They weren't even on the same airline. So when that fell apart, I didn't lose my flight over, which I really liked. So I, I recommend booking one way. If you're booking the whole family, Sometimes it's much easier to book round trip. Years ago, round trips were cheaper. It's not true anymore. So I use a service like booking.com. They also have flights now. Another favorite of mine is Kiwi. So K-I-W-I.com. So I look and I see who has the best flight. Can I go direct? What is the price? And then I usually go direct to the airline to book. So I carry a lot of insurance, actually. So I have year-long insurance through the dive agency. I'm a scuba diver. So through Dan, which Divers Action Network, I have the highest level of dive accident insurance, but I also carry a separate plan, which is annual travel insurance that covers all my trips. And I have the highest level of that as well, because working on a cruise ship, being in the travel industry during 9-11, pandemic times, we, we don't know what's going to happen. And it is impossible after the fact to manage that. So yes, if you don't have an annual plan of insurance, um, it is a very good idea to consider taking the travel insurance. One caveat about insurance, especially for my cruising friends, um, but or any major booking that you're doing, is to have the travel insurance separate from the company, because if the company goes bankrupt and your travel insurance is with them, that will make it very challenging for you. And I know there's there's insurance marketplaces, which is maybe one a topic you've covered before, but you can look around because different insurance carriers may, the travel insurance is generally based on how expensive is your trip. I think what you're referring to is the, comes up in the actual buying the booking of the airline ticket, there's insurance. but. I am a, a fan of insurance because when things go wrong, you want someone to help you manage all the costs. And if you need to be airlifted home, it's very expensive. I've worked as a travel agent before. And it, the thing that is true 
is you cannot VIP yourself. So a travel agent can maybe, sometimes people say it's a similar fare. It might be similar, but they may be able to get you an automatic upgrade, free breakfast. And as you mentioned, when things go wrong, it's really nice to have someone else be able to help you put your trip or your flight back together. So there, there are ways to travel either with a group or with an agent and get some special VIP treatment. Next up, we discussed building a retirement program for the future U.S. workforce. Let's take a look. When I when I'm on the uh, on your side of the camera, I tend to ask people um, if I gave you a clean sheet of paper, if you were starting your program today, what would you put on that piece of paper? So it's very much the same thing. And again, looking at the different generations, so I've got my few baby boomers at this point that I still really want to keep. And I've got my Gen Xers who in a lot of cases represent, they represent the experience in the business. The people where the cost of turnover is going to be pretty significant to me. And then I've got, I guess, next in line are the millennials. And then I've got the Gen Zs who are just coming into my workforce. And we talked before the break about how they all have different needs, they have different wants, they have different behaviors, um, they're in different positions in their lives, they have different challenges. One of the consistencies among all of them is this whole financial thing and the whole idea of can I at some point retire and not outlive my wealth? That's keeping them all up at night. That survey data is markedly similar among all those different generations. And I think that's really key here. So if I were building things with that blank slate, what I what I need to start with is I need to start with something that is flexible enough to adopt to all the different generations. I think a 401k plan or something that looks like a 401k plan is essentially I have to have. You really can't compete in the war for talent if you don't have a 401k plan, probably with a match, unless you're giving something else that is significant enough that you can say, we don't need to give you that match because here's something else we're giving you that's even better. But if you're doing that, you do need to sell it to them. But some other things that we've learned over the years, participants employees, whatever you want to call them, they understand a chunk of money. If you can show them an account balance and allow them to watch it grow, that's something they understand. But the other thing that they want is they know that if you give them an account balance when they retire, so many of them are okay, now I have this chunk of money. What do I do with it? So they feel the need to get lifetime income out of it. And there's really a conundrum between the two of those. So what I want to do is I want people to have a core retirement plan that gives them an account balance while they're in their workforce, while they're in their work life. But when they retire, it converts or at least by default, it converts into this guaranteed lifetime income. But by the same token, the guaranteed lifetime income 
may be plenty for them, or it might not be enough. So I want to be able to tell them, you know, if you don't think you have enough, I'm going to let you use that other plan, that 401k plan that was just building up an account balance. I'm going to let you buy some more lifetime income with it. And the way we think you should do that is the core plan is going to be what, what we usually refer to as a market return cash balance plan. So it is a defined benefit plan that's based on an account balance. And that account balance grows every year with returns that you can get on some actual pool of investments. When you get to retirement, that turns into lifetime income. And if that lifetime income is less than you think you need, we want you to go, go and look at your 401k plan and say, am I willing to give some of that up to turn around and buy myself more lifetime income? There are other bells and whistles that you can throw into it, and we certainly recommend that they do that. But as a core plan and a supplemental plan, that's the basics of what we think is the right set of building blocks right now to get people from wherever they are today into retirement at a reasonable age. It might not, Jeff, be so much necessarily personalization by generations, but I think generations are part of it. So if we were to look at, we'll just say Gen Xers, if we were to look at two Gen Xers, um, they might be two people who are very similarly situated, or they might be very different. One of them might be married. Another one might be unmarried. One might have kids. The other one might not have kids. Um, one might be somebody who basically spends everything they have during their working lifetime. One might be somebody who is a natural saver. So you've got all these things going on that are different. One might be looking at a long life expectancy. One might be anticipating a short life expectancy. So what we this is the whole reason that we view that you have a core plan that is largely the same for everybody in your workforce or the same for everybody in a particular segment of your workforce. But then you also have this supplemental savings plan and that gives each individual the opportunity through their 401k to save additional money. If you, when you look at your own personal circumstances, if you need more lifetime income, we want you to be able to use that to buy more lifetime income. And we wanna do it through the plan. We don't feel that there's a need to go out and buy an annuity from somebody else. If you if you get it through the qualified plan, you're doing it on what we call an actuarial equivalent basis, which means there's no middleman. You're getting it at a fair price. So we want you to be able to do that through the plan. But when you do it, if you are the person that needs a lot more, you're taking this benefit program that we've built for you and you're personalizing it for yourself. We don't know your needs as an individual, but you know your needs, or at least we hope you know your needs. And so we're giving you the facility with which to take what we've given you, plus the other opportunities we've given you, 
and to take that and personalize it for yourself. And I think the messaging behind that can be really strong because if we tell you we're giving you something here, we are providing a core benefit for you. But in addition to that, we know that your circumstances and my circumstances might be very different. And we're going to let you take that supplemental amount and do with it what you think is right for you. Communicated properly, that's a really, really powerful message, I think. We're building a benefit that you can mold around your own needs, not around the needs of the person in the desk next to you. If you have a desk or the person on the other end of the Zoom call, if you do everything virtually. From an employer standpoint, it's so much about workforce management. It's about attracting employees. It's about retaining employees. But one of the other things that it's about is if you have employees and you've done a really good job of retaining them, but you can't get them out of the workforce at some point in time, you've got a real workforce management problem. So if I'm in management and you can't get rid of me at any point because I can't afford to retire, you can't take a younger person and move them into management because there's just no spot for them. So you have a real upward mobility challenge. And I all of these, the attraction, the retention, and the upward mobility, when an employer fails at any of them, I think it's a big failure and it's an expensive failure. When you lose that young talent early on and they go to a competitor, you've trained them, but you've trained them for somebody else. And that's got to be the wrong message. From an employee standpoint, well, you'd love to go to a company that you want to be with. And among the things that employees are really asking for, they want to be in a culture that works for them. Now, the softer parts of the culture, it's really hard to influence them with retirement plans. I'm, I'll be open about that. I can't make you love work because you have a great retirement plan. But if you already love work and I build a retirement plan that because you know it's going to meet your needs, it improves your mental health. That does a lot for you. If you love your job and you get a good night's sleep every night because you're not worried about your finances, that's got to make things so much better. Well, I talked about the culture. The other thing is the upward mobility. It's one of the things that the millennials are screaming for these days. Why would I want to stay with a company if I have no future? Why not just jump around and keep getting pay increases and pay increases? Maybe eventually I'll find something. Well, if I find something today and I can see a promotion right in front of me and I just have to perform really well because I see that manager is either getting promoted to a higher job or they're going to retire. And then when I move up into that role, I see another promotion on the horizon and there's lots of opportunity for me. You don't see it in the news broadcasts all the time because it's not quite as sensational as people jumping around. But I think the person who says, I've got a great future here and I can do it at this company in this place and I don't have to move my family all over the place and I've got a level of stability. 
I think that really works for people regardless of the generation. And I think the programs that we're trying to help employers build will help them to do exactly that for their employees. And that wraps up this episode of BRN Weekly. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line and don't forget for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more in all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Post. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Well, then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRN Sunday. I'll be joined by the Legal Eagles and Oliver Rinnick of the Schwab Network. You're not going to want to miss it. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.